Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavy.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram at jakeadamdavy. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive in with today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Hello, welcome along. This is episode number 28 of the Influence Podcast. And today I'm really excited to present an interview uh, which I did recently with a gentleman called Angus Pike, who is the founder of Adio Media, A-D-I-O Media. And you can find the website adiomedia.com. Now, I was uh, interviewed, I should say, by Angus recently um, for his own podcast, okay? So his podcast, which is called the Market Your Practice Podcast, where I was specifically speaking about strategies to build authority, build your brand, and attract the right people on Instagram that convert into clients and customers. Angus's main focus is uh, he teaches heart-centered marketing strategies to uh, natural health and wellness experts so that they're able to attract and retain high-quality new patients. So he really works in the marketing space as well, and he focuses on practice owners, uh, natural health and, and wellness experts as well. So it was really, really exciting to be invited onto that podcast and, and look at how bricks and mortar businesses specifically can use Instagram and leverage Instagram. And and he had a wonderful range of questions, which I, I guess there are a lot of fears, a lot of concerns, a lot of things that hold people back from getting started on Instagram. Like, is my audience on Instagram? Am I using it the right way? What type of things should I actually be talking about? What should I be sharing? How can I build a real simple strategy for Instagram, even if I'm not particularly comfortable and competent, com- confident with technology as well? So it is, whilst it is uh, Ad, um, Angus who is interviewing me, I really do trust that the, the, the way that the questions are positioned and where he is coming from, I think, I think the interview goes really, really well, uh, and the way that he guides it goes really, really well. Uh, I think that the way that he's asking the questions and the angle that he comes from really does sort of unlock some fantastic questions and, and some useful tips, strategies, and suggestions that you can implement you know, right now and, and start implementing with your own Instagram account. So do listen along, do enjoy. I hope that it's useful and uh, and please do share some feedback as well. I trust that you enjoy the episode and I really, really um, hope that you, you get quite a lot from this conversation with Angus Pike uh, from the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Let's do it. Let's dive in and take a listen to the interview right now. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, friends, and welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jake Davey. Now, Jake's a former high school French and Spanish teacher who now helps entrepreneurs, business owners, just like us, 
use Instagram to become the go-to authority in their niche or in their community. Now, when Jake's not traveling around the globe helping business owners and entrepreneurs, you probably find Jake riding his bike, devouring personal development content, or probably eating something sweet. We'll have to talk about that in a moment as well. Now, today we're going to be talking all about why you should be considering using Instagram as the main platform for your business. Jake, welcome to the show. Angus, thank you so much. Delighted to be here. I really appreciate uh, the invitation. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting. As I was mentioning to you just before we started here, I've been listening to your new podcast. In fact, this episode is going to go across both of them uh, as, as well. So, And we'll talk to our, our, our listeners as well, because I think it's going to, this your podcast is going to be one that they want to whack on their regular listen. For um, I want to hear a little bit more about this transition from kind of French and Spanish teaching to what you're doing now. Can you give us a little bit of a background story? Sure. Um, so I worked, worked as a teacher for eight years um, and really loved the teaching. Absolutely loved that. Uh, but just found it almost quite restrictive in, in terms of being in one place um, consistently, not quite having the flexibility that you want. Um, and really just looking to have a bit more freedom and impact a wider, you know, wider people, you know, rather than just the, the 30 or so people in the classroom and people within the school, but have a, a, a wider impact and actually a global impact as well. Um, it was then that I came across um, people online who were into online marketing. Obviously, there was a great rise within social media with Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter and YouTube and other platforms and such. Um, and really through a series of courses and, and coming across um, mentors as well. Uh, that sort of opened up my eyes to the, just the power, the potential, really, of online social media. Not just for you know, it's it's not just for kids. It's not just for children. Um, it's certainly not anymore. It is a huge opportunity to reach a global audience, and, and that is what really excites me. I still feel that I have, thankfully, the opportunity to teach um, through what I do now. Very different format and very different audience as well. Um, but still, it's a great pleasure. And as I say, any way that I can help. Um, entrepreneurs, business owners ultimately generate more leads for their business, um, be seen as an authority within their, their particular niche and their market as well. Uh, I just think it's a great opportunity. There's, um, there's an ongoing conversation that I have um, that when it comes to kind of social media, that it's not really, particularly for the kind of bricks and mortar businesses that are kind of listening to this now, that, it, you know, look, it's all fun and well, but it's, you know, the end result, what I want with my community outreach is I kind of often talk about I want bums on seats. Like I want the phone ringing mm. as well. And very few practitioners have been able to really master that. They've either dived in there, spent an enormous amount of time or energy and both for very little kind of results as, as well. Have you seen kind of instances where social media, uh, you know, Instagram we're going to talk about today, can be a useful tool for small businesses? Absolutely. I, I, I've got to say, I think it, it should be a, a feature anyway of any business now, realistically, um, whether it's a, a, a long-standing business, if it's bricks and mortar business. Of course, now increasingly we're having more and more online businesses. But I think to, to move with the times and really to embrace the change, which is always, always happening, you need to be prepared for that. And I think for, for businesses that aren't using online uh, or any form of, of, of online, they are eventually going to be left behind. Um, and so the potential now with social media, as I say, the, the reason that we go there as, 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 as business owners is because that's where people are. You know, we, we, we go to people uh, and we meet them where they are. And right now, 
the the number of people using social media, particularly the platforms, you know, Facebook and Instagram uh, is absolutely enormous. And I think so to ensure that you're not being left behind, to ensure that you get the opportunity to meet your clients and your customers where they are, where they're spending their time right now um, is, is ultimately the way that you're going to continue to grow and to succeed as well. You're, um, Jake, particularly kind of bullish about Instagram. It's you know, lots of courses that you teach about Instagram. Um, why? Why Instagram as opposed to LinkedIn, as opposed to, you know, Facebook, any of the other kind of platforms? Sure. Um, each, uh, first thing I'd say uh, is that each of the platforms undoubtedly has its own place. Um, and, and they all almost have a separate purpose. LinkedIn seems very, uh, I don't want to use the word corporate, but it's definitely intention, intentional for, for business people with a, a very specific and clear uh, directions to where they're going. Facebook, um, I, I, I almost tie Facebook and Instagram together. Facebook and Instagram have an enormous reach. There's uh, over 2 billion users now on Facebook. Last year, over a billion um, users on Instagram using that platform monthly. Uh, and it continues to grow at a rate of around uh, an additional 100 million every four months or so. So it really is hugely, hugely on the rise. Um, a few reasons why I really, I really like Instagram, and I think it's growing so, so much at the moment. The first of all, I think it's got an incredibly bright future. Um, it was bought by Facebook back in 2013, I think it was about six years ago or so. Um, and at the time they paid, I think it was a billion dollars for it. And people said they were crazy. Um, now it's worth, I think, 100 times that. Um, so the, you know, the hundred X, um, return on their investment for Facebook, which is quite remarkable. And it's mm -hmm. no surprise with the, the investment that they're putting in the features that are available there. Um, the launch of Instagram TV, um, within the last 18 months or so, uh, Instagram stories is a massive feature, uh, which was sort of borrowed, if you like, from, from Snapchat and other, other social media platforms. Um, so there, there are a couple of the big reasons. Another reason as well is that it is, it's, I would say almost exclusively mobile. Mm. Um, and so if you're looking to reach your audience and, and connect with people wherever they are, you know, we all right now know where our mobile phone is. Chances are that people are listening to this on their mobile phone. Or if, if, if not, then, you, you know, it's within arm's reach. And if it's not, you're looking around for it. Um, so the opportunity to find your audience and connect with people, again, it comes back to connecting with people where they are, where they're spending their time. Um, and there are so many reasons there with, with um, the investment that Facebook put into it, the growth of the platform, the number of users, um, the, the, the ultimately the, the fact that you can reach anybody um, and it's a mobile platform. Even the fact now that, that since being taken over by Facebook, you can now run ads on the platform as well. Um, the potential is massive. It's, it's, it's just harnessing, I think, that potential and having real clarity on exactly what it is that you want to use the platform for. So let's get a little strategic. Um, let's assume that um, I'm opening up a practice. Uh, you know, I'm a new chiropractor that, that's set up in town and I'm going to open up my Instagram account. Should I open up the Instagram account in my name, Angus Pike, or my practice name that's Life Chiropractic? Do you have some thoughts around that? Yeah, I think it, it completely comes down to what the, the end goal is that you're looking to achieve. Are you looking to position yourself as the expert and perhaps build the personal brand? Or instead, are you looking to position the practice and perhaps you are one facet and one, one element of that? Um, and I think no matter, no matter whether you are starting a new practice or if it's somebody who, who's listening who has an existing practice, 
Um, as with every, every one of your, your marketing uh, intentions, you know, when you go into sales, even the direction of your business, it all comes down to what's the actual desired end result that I'm looking for. Um, and once you're very clear on that, I would suggest that that would certainly determine, first of all, if you go down the personal brand or the actual uh, branding your practice route. Got it. So if, if, if I was likely to have kind of multiple practitioners, um, and that's a thought that too, this probably makes no sense in it being kind of called Angus Pike uh, to brand across the kind of business wise. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Do you have some thoughts about what should, because I, you know, I'm, and I look across different bios now and I see kind of these link tree things and different, what does a good bio have in it? That's a great question. Um, for me, there's five elements of a great bio. Um, the, and let me sort of break these down for you. Um, so the first one is the, the actual Instagram handle. Okay. Now the Instagram handle is like your, it's like your fingerprint. It's unique. So on the Instagram platform, there can only be one Instagram handle and that's unique to you. Now, ideally you want to get that as close as possible to your, your practice name, your personal name. Um, but something that is really, really easy to, to read, easy to see, and it clearly identifies you. Or if it's not a personal brand, it's a business brand, it clearly identifies what you do and what service you offer. Um, the second thing then is that it's the actual name of your account. So not the handle, uh, the name of your account instead. Okay. Now there could be, there could be multiple uh, people with the same name. There could be many, uh, Jake Davies, Angus Pike, John Smith, whoever that may be. Um, but it's ultimately it's having the name of your, of your account and making it very, very clear who you are and, again, what you do. And you can include all of that within the name of the account. So that's the second thing. The third is your profile image. Now, um, the profile image, I would suggest if you're a personal brand, I've been looking at your website, Angus, and the image that you have on your website will be perfect. It's you facing the camera, very, very clear image, smiling, teeth, hands visible. I know it sounds crazy, but these things, like it's been mm. tested, these things work really, really well. Um, it just shows that you're open, uh, friendly, you know, it almost like willing to, willing to sort of have a conversation and very approachable. Um, if you're a brand, I would suggest a logo, a clear logo, and one that fills the whole space. Because different to uh, Facebook, different to Twitter, is that that, uh, that link or that image, I would say, is not clickable. So it can't be expanded any larger. So you want to make sure you fill in the whole space and it's very, very clear. Step four is your actual bio itself and the description. Now, I would suggest that within the description, you clearly outline uh, what you do, but who specifically you serve. Okay, because it comes back to what you can do for other people. So who specifically you serve. If you have a big presence, say, on YouTube, uh, if you have a podcast as, as you do yourself, or perhaps if, uh, if you want to direct people to a, a physical practice, then that is your opportunity to give your headline, your, your sort of KPIs, your big numbers, the big sort of headline, um, exciting stats that's going to attract people to you and draw people in. Uh, and then the fifth one, the fifth point is the link in your bio. So you mentioned Linktree already. Uh, great tool, fantastic tool to give people the option of various different places that they may go to. Um, I would suggest it, it doesn't necessarily matter um, whether you're using Linktree or it, if you're just using a simple strategy such as directing people to, say, an opt-in page where you can start to collect their data, their name and email address, or if you're sending them to a booking form. But you will have a clear strategy. I would trust that you have within your marketing a clear strategy, and that is where you're going to send people to using the, the link in your bio as well. So those five things together, I think, would, would form a perfect bio for you.
Yeah, that's a killer. Like if you happen to hit stop now, then just head on over to your Instagram <laughs> and follow those kind of five steps through there as well. Can you explain perhaps to our, some of our audience that might not, because I kind of dropped in this concept of Linktree. What, what is Linktree? Sure. Why would someone use it? Where, what might it be valuable and, and why might we choose to just keep things simpler? Sure. So um, within Instagram for a very long time, there was only one opportunity where you could have what we call an external link and give people the opportunity to leave Instagram by clicking a link that you put in there. Uh, if they click that, then it would give them an opportunity to leave Instagram. There are now two or three other ways and other option opportunities for you to actually take people off Instagram onto different websites. But, but originally Instagram only wanted one specific, or it really wants to keep people on the platform. Now, Linktree is a, is a, is a great tool. Um, I'm not sure if it's, I think you probably know more than I do about it, Angus, whether it's free to use and such. I'm, uh, I'm sure it will have that option. Um, but what it does is it allows you to, when somebody clicks through there, it actually gives them a variety of different places to go. So you're not restricted to just one link directing people to one specific platform. Instead, it's one link which then takes people to almost another holding page or landing page, which says, what do you want to do next? Do you want to go to the website? Do you want to listen to the podcast? Do you want to book an appointment? Do you want to watch our free training? And it gives you a variety of different options, all encapsulated within that one particular link. If you're comfortable with that, fantastic. I would suggest absolutely go ahead and use it. But if you're very, very clear and you want to just get started and you want to start seeing traction with the platform, I think using a simple link either to, an, uh, say, an opt-in page or a lead page where you might collect uh, a name and email address or phone number or perhaps to a website or booking form, that would work equally well for now. Yeah, I think, Jack, I know from my practice side, we just had the link going back over to the practice, to our homepage through there, and, and I certainly could be way more sophisticated with that. But I know for Adio Media, as you mentioned beforehand, then there is, you kind of click on that, it was, hey, do you want to listen to the full episode of the podcast? Do you want to find out more about the mobile video blueprint? Do you want to work with me? So there's a couple of different options there as well. But I would think with many of our listeners, if you're thinking about it just for your practice, then, you know, keeping it simple is, is probably what most of us, uh, you know, we're going to do from there too. So we've got our bio set up. We've got our, our, our name, our handle, all those kind of things. And now we come to this whole concept of what to post, how often to post, all of those kind of things there that for many of us, we just end up going into overwhelm because you know no one tends to engage with me. I'm, I'm, you know, I've still got eight people following them, and three of them are my two sisters and my mum. So, can we get into this whole idea of growing our Instagram? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, for for a long time now, I'd say probably for the last three years or so that I've been doing this, I've I've fallen consistently on. Um, what I call the three C process. Yeah. And every single time that I go onto Instagram myself, if, if, uh, if I'm discussing it with my team, uh, with clients as well, I always refer back to the three C process because I think that's a real easy thing to remember. The three C process is, is formed of, first of all, the first C, uh, that's the letter C, is for content. And ultimately, it's high quality, engaging content that other people want to see. And that's really important. It's not a case of we're not giving people what we think they need. We are giving people what they want. That's essentially it. We're listening and we're giving people what they want. Now, for, for many people, not necessarily the listeners here, but for many people, the idea of social media is that it's all about me, 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 me. But I almost want to flip that with your content and make it more social media. 
It's about what do you, as my audience, as my ideal client, as my ideal customer, what do you want to see? Because people go onto social media to be entertained, to be educated, you know, for a distraction from their, their work, from their, I say, family, from the partner, you know, for a few moments. Um, and it's, it's, it's giving people what they want that's going to draw them in so they want to see more. Um, if you're looking for ideas for that and suggestions for that, I would always suggest a great way to start is simply do a search on Instagram and look at, uh, say, people within your niche, within your market, within your space. It doesn't have to be in your local area, but on a global scale, who are doing it really well. So if you find a practice, um, say, chiropractors or um, other natural healing, and you find them anywhere in the world and they're doing something really well with their content that you like, I would suggest that that's a great opportunity for you to model what they're doing, for you to get started. It provides a base for you while you're growing your confidence. Now, the second C, oh, sorry. No, no. Uh, well, with regards to that too, where does, where's the, or, or is there no boundary between, you know, as a sharing content? So let's just, we're using the chiropractic example that we talked about beforehand. Sure. And so therefore, Look, as a chiropractor, what we have to offer my community is, is all tips around health and well-being, particularly related to spine, posture, nerve system, those kind of things there too. Yeah. But some of what my audience wants to see is kind of, you know, cute photos, cute quotes that might not necessarily be, you know, I mean, who doesn't love a cat video? But so where does, where's the boundary between, okay, they want to see cat videos, for instance, or maybe it's just me that wants to see cat videos. Um, but where's the boundary between that and me sharing very kind of work-related sort of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think I would just, I would just, uh, there's no harm in sharing, say, work-related content. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's a business profile at the end of the day. Um, but it's very much about marketing. Uh, at no stage are we, are, we, are we looking at selling on social media. Social media is all about the marketing. Once we get, uh, say, the building our email list or if we're uh, getting people on the phone or into the practice, that's where the selling and, uh, conversation happens in private. But the marketing is about the end result. It's about getting people excited about what you do, about the opportunities that they would have from working with you. And ultimately, it's, it's giving people, um, it's, it's giving that, that end result. What do they get as a result of working with you, of being part of your community? Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be the cat videos, although I agree with you, who, who doesn't like a good cat video on, on Instagram? But it can be it, it can be anything from say um, you know quotes for example inspirational quotes motivational quotes work really really well infographics at the moment work fantastically well uh, as a, a very light-hearted casual way for people to actually learn and engage with new content have a little bit of new learning but at the same time it's not you know it's not kind of forced upon them um, I would certainly encourage those of, of your listeners that are more confident and more comfortable, say, in front of the camera, to actually invest a little bit of time in perhaps creating some content and shooting some videos. Uh, I know that you're a big advocate for video, um, and I think the statistic is something like by 2021, 80% of everything consumed online is going to be video content. Mm. So, again, it's one of those things that I think we, we all need to embrace. Um, and there are steps you know, to, to, to build up to the confidence level where you do that. Um, but I think just getting into that position where, uh, as well as giving people what they want, it's also about letting people see the real you, you know, you can't hide that. Um, and letting people see you engage with you, breaking down that fourth wall, which Instagram does really, really well because it's so visual and allows people to engage with you on a different level as well.
Can you give me an example of what that might look like? You know, the practitioners out there at the moment going, okay, I get that. You know, what, what should I be sharing that might help my audience get to know me a little bit better? Sure. Um, so there's, there's a variety of things. I, when it comes to, with regarding content more generally, uh, if I'm advising clients, I always advise them to look at, say, the five major messages within their, um, within their business, within their, their, off, their offer and their service. So what are the five major things that, that you discuss on a regular basis? So um, say with a chiropractor, it may be something, again, forgive me, because it's not really my area of expertise, but it could be um, linked to the spine, for example, nervous system, as an example. It could be to do with sleep or, or water or nutrition or exercise, all these different things. But I'd focus on the five major messages. So your content generally is built around those five major messages, just told in very different ways. Um, with regards breaking down that fourth wall and engaging with people, again, it comes down to the individual. If you're comfortable speaking to the camera and showing a little bit about yourself, live video is a fantastic way of doing that. Um, and it could be simple things within the practice uh, in terms of, you know, and again, you can link live video into stories as well. Uh, a day in the life, you know, what the experience is like when uh, people come into the practice, what they can expect. It could be meet the team. It could be um, some of the things that you're going to get to uh, experience when you come in and meet us. It might be uh, a tour of the particular space or um, new equipment that's coming or new clients or success stories, all these different things. Uh, testimonials from people that you've spoken with. It could be interviews with people on a weekly basis, maybe finding a theme that you go through um, on a weekly basis as well, just to ease and, and tease out that content from you so it seems a little bit more natural and a bit easier to go through and deliver. Yeah, I, I'm in terms of a takeaway for me, I love that concept of five major messages as well, because we can see how that would really help in terms of with content creation, which is, you know, one of the other Absolutely. big challenges. Okay, I'm sitting now in front of my phone, all of a sudden I've got mind blank. All right, one of the five major conversations and, you know, uh, uh, you know, as a chiropractor, it might be, hey, listen, you know, the things I really want to talk about, are, you know, spine, posture, headaches, sciatica and athletic performance. You know, that, would that be right? That it's those kind of topics there as, as, as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, that makes an awful lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I would encourage you, you could actually further that one more, I'd sort of take this to another level, um, where each of those five major messages is told from a different point of view. This is where you're getting into the territory of actually being able to create content for a whole month. If you've got five major messages and let's say five different perspectives that you tell that story from, then all of a sudden you have five by five, which is 25 days worth of content. So if I gave you an example, I do it with say with Instagram, for example, um, one of the big things that I might talk to people about when using Instagram and growing their audience would be say hashtags, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. So I might talk about hashtags. If that was one of my five major messages, hashtags, I might talk about them from five different perspectives, which could, for example, be how I use hashtags in my own business. It might be how celebrities um, or real market leaders use hashtags or if they create their own hashtags. It might be a statistic around hashtags. It could be a myth buster around hashtags as well. And then you could add maybe a testimonial or success story. Okay. Yeah. So you've actually got the opportunities to add lots of different angles around exactly the same topic, but told from different perspectives. So suddenly you've gone from one day worth of content to five days worth of content and suddenly you, 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 you don't have enough days to deliver all this valuable information to your audience, which is really, really exciting place to be. 
Yeah, brilliant. And so many of those examples that you used there in terms of, you know, my point of view, a client's point of view, what does the research have to say? What's a myth around? All four of those at least yeah. would work really great for spine, posture, headaches, it, you know, all that kind of stuff. They okay. would all work from there as well with the content. You know, once you start to kind of get into this, it, it, it's interesting. I know with many of the people that I coach, they go from this stage of being overwhelmed with how do I come up with content to then overwhelmed because of the volume of content that they can have. And then it's a matter of, and it's wonderful. As soon as you get yourself into some of these frameworks of they're just kind of beautiful ones there as well. Yeah. So the first C to go back to it was all about content that you talked about. You know, what do we do here? <laughs> the second C is what? Yeah. The second C is consistency. Um, and, and, and you touched upon earlier the, the uh, probably one of the first questions that you asked, I think, which is people in the past, maybe people who listen to this, this podcast in the past have, have dived in with uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, different platforms, um, and perhaps haven't seen those results as, as quickly as we might hope. And therefore, we thought it's not working. I'm going to park that and I'm going to go back to what I know. Um, and that isn't unfamiliar at all um, with, with so many things. But ultimately, it's, you know, we reap what we sow. And consistency, being consistent, turning up every single day, um, delivering on, and again, this goes beyond Instagram, way beyond Instagram, but, but in, in all aspects of, of the business, but certainly within your social media, is being consistent, not just with your message, but with how often you are posting, how often you're sharing content, are you doing a story you know, every day, are you doing a live video, say, every week? But the idea of consistently posting every single day is absolutely vital um if you can do that it be, builds reliability with your audience and reliability leads to trust and i, I know that in just a couple of episodes ago on your podcast angus you talked about that process from no like and trust and uh or awareness you know like uh, no like and trust and then and then people purchasing from you and doing business with you and it, it could not be more true with consistency it with something that we take for granted it's so small that you're just posting once a day every single day it, it sounds so easy, um, or it sounds simple, but it's not necessarily easy, but just finding that consistency is absolutely vital to build reliability and then build trust. And a way that I would suggest of doing that is looking at scheduling tools. I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of Instagram, but Instagram is specifically designed, as many social media platforms are, to keep us there and distract us. Um, and so remove that from, you know, if, if you're using it for business, remove that temptation. You know, the average time spent on Instagram today is about 53 minutes per day, which is massive. And the last thing that, that you, I, any of your, your uh, listeners want to do is spend 53 minutes a day on Instagram when we've all got a business to run. So instead, I would suggest looking at tools um, such as Hootsuite is a great one. Buffer, my personal fa uh, favorite is called Sked Social which I actually think is based in, um, in Australia. I think they're in Melbourne. Um, and Sked Social allows you to schedule posts and also, I believe, is, is leaning into stories now as well, which is incredibly, incredibly powerful. So I'd highly recommend anybody listening, uh, you know, if you want that to build that consistency, but you don't want to be in the platform every day, um, that, that something like Sked Social, I think, would work really, really well for that. So that's the second C, and that's consistency. Yeah, I've, I've, um, am new to the kind of scheduling tool. Maybe the last two months, I'm kind of running an experiment because I got stuck before, particularly with my Instagram and Facebook of these kind of ebbs and flows. I'd be on it and then it would happen and then I would kind of disappear for a little while and then back and forwards. And then, well, you know what, let me 
give a, one of these kind of scheduling tools a, a go, which on a Monday morning now, when I'm doing it slowly, it takes me 90 minutes, but most time it's probably closer to 45 minutes. I can plan three posts a day. So that's, you know, uh, 21 posts a week there as well. And there's a couple of interesting things that have, have happened there too. My engagement has gone through the roof. There's no doubt about that. My engagement and interaction there too. Interestingly, and I'd like your kind of take on this too, there hasn't been massive amounts of growth. Uh, and, and whether that be that, you know, my use of hashtags or those kind of things like that too. But my interaction with people, the conversations I'm having and all those kind of things, which are incredibly valuable for me. So at, by itself, it's, it's a winner there as well. So there are some conversations around that say that when you use third party scheduling or scheduling apps there too, that it does decrease engagement. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, there is, I mean, there's that argument. There's, a, there's, there are so many different things that I've heard. Uh, scheduling tools reduces your engagement. Um, if you share directly from Instagram to Facebook, it reduces your engagement on Facebook. Um, I haven't actually seen anything that suggests that sort of hard, cold, hard facts. Now that may be something that Instagram and Facebook are aware of. Um, it's, it's certainly worth a test. I mean, you could, you could do say one month of using a scheduling tool like that. And then perhaps one month where you, um, let's, let's say either you're, you're scheduling yourself, you're posting yourself, or you have maybe an outsource or somebody in the team doing that for you. Um, is it really worth that? Probably not. And I would actually say that, that, that the more important thing is, is sharing content on a regular basis and then you showing up and, and having, as you say, it's the conversations, it's the, the responses to comments on your posts, it's the, the direct messages that, you, that, um, that, that people are, are sending to you and you're responding to, it's the comments on your stories. That is, I, for me, it's far more valuable than, um, than, than, than sort of necessarily worrying about the, the engagement and such. I, personally, I feel. Um, mm. But I, I think just having that consistent content going out, I think is an absolute winner for you. Yeah, I, I figured this. I, I had to think about it and went, you know what? By using the the uh, scheduling tools, I'm I'm posting two or three thousand percent more than what I was more consistently. And if it leads to a ten percent decrease in engagement, I'm still miles ahead. So it, it, it so from that point of view. And then what I found was interesting because when I was doing a bit of research on this. People say that all the time. The only test I know that's been done out of it, there's a podcast called Social Media Lab, and they actually ran a month's test. They compared them back to back across multiple accounts there too. And what they actually showed, it was statistically insignificant, but they actually showed that when they were doing it through the scheduling app there too, um, I can't forget which one they tested, but they actually got more reach and engagement there as, as well. So you know, I think we hear these stories being thrown around the internet. We hear things like email is dead. You know, we hear things like these social media apps don't kind of, you know, allow for scheduling there too. It's good to sometimes do a little bit of research and kind of look in and see, is there some truth to that? Are we just perpetuating a story that goes around as well? So I, it's been a massive benefit for me from those point of views as, as well. You've touched on hashtags a couple of times. Um, how do we use hashtags? Maybe even some of the generation of listeners to this too might be uh, like me and might not be kind of Gen Z or Y there as well. What are hashtags? How do we use them? Why do we use them? And what sort of hashtags might be effective for us as small local businesses? Sure. Um, so hashtags, I, I suppose the best way of um, 
of describing hashtags is you can add a, a hashtag to, um, so when you, when you put out a post on Instagram, um, which would be a photo or video, and then with that photo or video, you can add a caption, so a written description uh, to support the, the photo or video. And then you can also add what we call hashtags. And hashtags are, um, they're almost like buckets of different content. It's kind of the way I would best describe it. It's not necessarily the easiest way to describe, but they're almost like separate buckets of content. And they, um, you can hashtag pretty much anything now. So you could have a specific word um, or specific topic. Um, and that what essentially collates a group of content, which is all around the same topic. Um, so the, the great thing that I love about hashtags is that they are the easiest way for you to reach a global audience with your content. Uh, I think the statistic is, is something like just by adding one hashtag to your posts, you increase your engagement by about 12%. Um, now on Instagram, you can add up to 30 hashtags per post. And for those listeners that are a bit more advanced and they're using stories, you can add up to 11 hashtags in uh, stories. You can also add hashtags uh, for users who are using Instagram TV. You can add clickable hashtags in your Instagram TV captions as well. Um, I would certainly suggest using hashtags in every single post. Uh, as I say, the, the, the maximum is, is 30. For me, use 30. Okay, um, there's, there's, again, coming back to what you mentioned before about testing and, and should you use less, should you use more? Some people say you should only use 10, some people say five. Uh, again, for me, I would say 30. It's like uh, if somebody was offering you one lottery ticket or 30 lottery tickets, how many would you take? You'd take 30 because it gives you 30 opportunities to be seen in various different platforms or different places on the, uh, on the Instagram platform. So 30 hashtags will be my, my personal recommendation. Um, where to find them or how to source them? Uh, the, the first thing I'd say is I actually, I, I understand the value of them. So I created something called the hashtag playbook, which is the top 50 hashtags in the 67 biggest industries on Instagram. Um, so if anybody listening wants to get hold of that, simply send me a, uh, I'm sure we could probably put a link in here or yes. um, send me a, a message on Instagram. Uh, and I can certainly direct you to where that is, and it's extremely useful. But even you know a simpler way of getting started with 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 using hashtags, I would come back again to looking at the market leaders within your space. I I can't particularly when getting started. I can't emphasise this enough. We're not reinventing the wheel. Model what works. And if if you're say a chiropractor or natural healing. Um, business and you're coming onto Instagram say for the first time or you're coming back to Instagram having not used it for a while get out there and you know in the search bar and just look at other businesses other users within your niche within your market within your space and how do they lay out not just their posts and their captions but what hashtags are they using and you can start to get inspiration by them modeling the same hashtags using the same hashtags to at least get you started as you begin, then begin to become more comfortable with the platform, and then you can start to do a bit more research of your own with regards to what works as well. The opportunity, just finally on that, to, to um, create, e either use a local hashtag, so if there's one local to your area, so hashtag uh, the name of the city, so hashtag Sydney, hashtag Melbourne, hashtag um, uh, Adelaide, Brisbane, wherever you may be, uh, wherever your, your practice may be, uh, is, is a really, really great tool for that as well. And, just also to give people the opportunity, I would add on there, 
uh, adding a location. So as well as adding your hashtags, you can actually add the location where you are for, uh, for when, you, when you post the picture or when you post the video. And any, anybody who is adding the location, again, that will show up in the local area so people know that you are the business to go to within your local area as well. So this is, this is where, Jack, I get a little confused. So, you know, inside of my practice, I've chosen a bunch of hashtags and then how those hashtags will help me be found. Like, are there, um, are, are people searching for hashtags? Like, how does my hashtag in here help me show up in your feed, for instance? Because my understanding is I'm only going to show up in your feed as if you like my, or, uh, you know, follow my, my page. What am I missing out here? So hashtags, the introduced, uh, again, I think it was around 18 months or so ago, uh, Instagram brought in the opportunity where people could actually follow hashtags, um, which, which was totally new because it means that you're not just now following accounts, you're not just following people or brands yes. or businesses, but you're actually following specific topics, if you like. Um, and if you, again, if you look on the, for anybody going into Instagram now, when you go to the, the home or search uh, page on Instagram, it gives you a variety of topics, you know, sport, uh, humor, uh, TV, all these different topics that you can zone into and you can go and take a look at. Now, there, there are, believe it or not, and there will be uh, people who are following specific hashtags, but there will be people not necessarily following them, but they will search for them as well. Um, and what you're likely to do is if you're using the hashtags that your audience uses, if you're using the hashtags that your clients and customers use, then chances are that they're going to start to appear, maybe not necessarily in their feed, but when they are adding them to their own posts, when they're clicking on them within their own posts and they start to see more of those, you will appear within the feed as well. So actually really trying to get in the mindset of your user, or I should say your client or your customer, what type of hashtags are they using because um, as soon as you can drill into that, it's going to allow you again another opportunity to show up within their uh, within their search. One other thing that I would add to that is, the more specific you can be in a way, the better. Uh, probably the most used hashtag on Instagram is hashtag love, um, which if if anybody types in love or hashtag love on Instagram, uh, and you see the top most recent post, as soon as you refresh the page, you get a whole um, raft of new posts because it's used so frequently that the turnover of posts with that hashtag is just constant. So chances of you being seen by people using a really, really common hashtag are very unlikely. On the other hand, if you find something that's perhaps a little bit more obscure, a little bit more niche, then it gives you the opportunity to use that within your post and your content will stay around for a lot longer in that area. So Yes, it's a, lot, it's a lot more niche, it's a lot more narrow, but people who are using that are going to be very, very specifically interested in that topic. So actually, when people do click on there, when they do find you through that very, very narrow or specific hashtag, which perhaps isn't used very often, you know that they're going to be, an, or ideally, that they're going to be a, a really, really good candidate for a potential client or customer for your business. And so, Jack, should that hashtag be, does it need to be related? So if I'm in the health space 
and I find out that, for instance, you know, there's a hashtag and, and my brain is struggling to come up with the name of one that might not be, it, it, you know, might be more lifestyle related or uh, something else related sure. rather than health related there too. Am I okay to use those ones or should I really be sticking to hashtags that are, you know, more health related? Does that make sense? I. Yeah, no, it does. Absolutely. And I would, I would fully agree. I think going in with, with hashtags that link to say the feeling, uh, the emotion, uh, the mood, so to speak, but also it, they can be a bit more lighthearted as well. I don't think that's a problem at all. If anything, that's going to expand the potential for who you're engaging with. Um, again, other real common ones, something like hashtag throwback Thursday. Okay. Uh, or hashtag TBT throwback Thursday. Uh, which is the real popular hashtag on, of course, Thursdays. Um, you know, if, if let's say any, any single one uh, or any single person listening to the podcast today could use that hashtag, yes, it's extremely popular, but you could, you know, you could be referencing, say, um, something that happened, say, a year ago when you opened a new, a new part of the practice or when you opened the practice for the first time or when you, you met, um, it could be that you were working with a specific uh, sports team, for example, or uh, you had a, a retreat that you ran, or you attended uh, a training program, but it gives you a great opportunity to, to have a, a, a bigger, um, ultimately sort of a bigger picture mm. and grab people's attention in a totally different way, rather than just being business focused or necessarily health focused, but focusing more on the, the, the bigger picture, the emotion, the feeling associated with that picture as well. Got it. And when, so a couple of the hashtags that I follow, for instance, I'd follow, for instance, hashtag chiropractor. Um, and that I'm just thinking for our audience, that might be a really great way for you to see some other practices that are doing really great things for you to start to model as, as well. How does Instagram decide which, because there's multiple people that are putting hashtag chiropractic and they don't all appear in my feed. Is it just the ones that get the most engagement, likes, comments, shares, that make their way into my feed? Or how does, how does Instagram decide which hashtag to put in my feed when I'm following it? Yeah, um, it's <laughs> the, it, this comes down to the algorithm, which right. is a, uh, which for me to even begin to try and explain it, I would, I'd say it would, would be almost impossible. Uh, ultimately, because yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. And it's, it's something that, that, that is constantly talked about. Funnily, particularly with Instagram, I find it's, um, you know, every six months or so, there'll be this big thing, the Instagram algorithm's changed. Um, and everybody talks about it, but nobody really knows what that means mm. uh, until we get the release from Instagram itself as to what the changes are. Um, ultimately, what Instagram does is it's looking for popular content or it's looking for content which is getting a lot of engagement, which is likes and comments in a short space of time. Uh, again, I think you alluded to this on one of your, your previous episodes where you talked about Facebook and how Facebook pages now, they, Facebook actually only shows uh, about four, five, 6% of your audience, your mm. post, if you're not boosting it. Um, and it's, it's similar with Instagram in, in the sense that Instagram will show your post. When you post uh, on Instagram, it doesn't go to every single one of your followers. Um, it will be shown to a small percentage of your followers and then if that, that percentage of your followers who see it, they like and engage with it, uh, and it's deemed by Instagram's algorithm to be something of note that people want to see, then it will share it to more people. I think as, 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 as most people would, would, would be aware, the whole purpose of social media and Instagram and, and uh, Facebook and all these other platforms is to keep people there for as long as possible. 
And the way that they keep people there is by giving them more content that they, content that they want to see. So high quality content that other people want to see, which gets a lot of likes, a lot of comments in a short space of time after being posted, Instagram deems that as being quality content. So it's going to show it to more and more of your followers and then a wider audience as well. Yeah, makes sense. Let's wind our way up with the third C uh, as well. So we've talked about first being content, second being consistency. Our, our overall, our third C that we should be focusing on with our, our, our Instagram strategy? Yeah, uh, so the third C is community. And Instagram, I think, prides itself on its sense of community. Um, it, it, it has a very different feel to other platforms, I think. Mm. There are other platforms out there where it's, it's, it's kind of a lot sort of shorter, snappier comments, you know, maybe little quips here and there, and, and they can almost turn sour quite quickly, I think. Um, Instagram doesn't really feel like that at all. It feels very positive. It feels like a nice place to be. Um, and the, the community works in a couple of ways. The community works in, in the sense of engaging with your community in that it's the, the, the people that you want to attract as clients and customers. So that may be a case of outreach or networking with people that you want to do business with, that you want to engage with, and you want to connect with, ideally to bring them into your, your business, your practice. Um, but also community is, is um, I would suggest, is helping you grow and build your brand. And that doesn't necessarily have to be with the, the, the people that you want to attract as clients or customers, but it could be, say, with joint venture partners. It could be with people who are a natural fit to help you move your business to the next level. Now, for myself, with, with, with my clients, I always recommend that they look for and, and try to connect with um, businesses in the same niche or same market as them or similar niche and similar market as them and start a dialogue with them and, and, and sort of almost support each other with their growth, um, which sounds crazy. You know, the, the idea of supporting other businesses with their growth and things, it sounds crazy. But with Instagram, it works really, really well. And actually what, that's, what that kind of has bred is something called engagement groups. So what you will find with an engagement group is that this, an engagement group is a number of Instagram accounts who all work together. Now, ideally, they're all within the same space, the same niche, the same business area. Ideally, not always. Um, and what will happen is that they will work together to help each other grow. So if, uh, let's say, for example, I post uh, something from my, from my uh, Instagram account, then everybody within the same engagement as me or engagement group as me, uh, once I posted, they would all go to my post. They would like my post. They would comment on my post. And then all of a sudden, Instagram sees that and they think, hang on a minute. We've got a real piece of quality here. Let's show it to more people. And then the snowball effect, star, uh, effect starts. So an, another real big way of supporting your growth and supporting the, the growth of your brand and building your um, authority on Instagram is the community of people that you're going to be working alongside, almost joint venturing with to help your growth and help build your brand as well. And for me, I think that's, it's without doubt the best way that you can grow using engagement groups and finding one or two partners, either the same size as you or maybe slightly bigger than you who will promote your content and mention your account uh, as somebody worth following. Mm. We, we've had great results. This Jake and found, we said a new practitioner start with us recently and it was a, rather than kind of cold calling, knocking on doors and saying, you know, hi, I'm Angus, a new chiropractor in town. It's so much easier to, you know, okay, look, those sort of businesses for us, for instance, are local Pilates studios, uh, yoga, 
massage gyms, those kind of things there too. We can make our way over to the Instagram feed. We can start to comment. We can start to build some dialogue through there. Then through there, we can lead to a DM that says, hey, do you want to get together and have a coffee? And then we can get together and have a coffee. And then it leads to us saying, hey, listen, can we do a live uh, video from here as well? And all of a sudden, you know, what starts from there, it's a really organic and authentic type sort of way for us to build relationships. But I've never thought about it actually being so planned as saying, okay, here's our strategy with regards to, you know, I'll keep an eye out when you're posting. Can you keep it? Let's keep that kind of stuff. I, I love it. That's, a, you know, worth the price of admission. Absolutely. So wonderful. So in, in summary, those three C's that we've kind of talked about too are really all about content creating great content that's memorable, that's valuable to your audience, that I, I still like this idea. I can't believe I've never heard of social media as opposed to social media before there as, as well. So content that's valuable to your audience there as well, consistency. And I think too, like, you know, if you can't post once a day, um, then you're not really serious about it. it it's, it's not that hard. And then if you want to take it to the next step and, you know, get one of the, you know, the scheduling tools that we've talked about, I, I use Tailwind is the one that I've been using as well. It's, you know, I kind of did a bit of research as well. The one that you mentioned that you used was called Scared Social. Is that right? Yeah, Scared Social um, is the one that I use. Again, there's, there's many, many out mm. there. That's my personal preference. Um, but as I say, to, it, for people that are serious about it, but also don't want the distraction of being sucked into Instagram, you know, as soon as you go in there to post what you see, uh, people's holiday photos or that that video of the cute kitten falling down the stairs or whatever it might be you know the, the things that are designed to hold us there to remove all of that and just focus on uh, sharing quality content that other people want to see to continue to grow and build your brand i think looking at a scheduling software makes a lot of sense yeah it's been a no-brainer for me as as well so I'll, I'll put a couple of links in there for people to go and have a, have a look at them as well and then finally this kind of idea about community to remember that it is a social platform you know that's that's what it is there too and you, you kind of mentioned right back at the very beginning is that sales don't happen on social media you know relationships are built and you know marketing if we kind of look at marketing as relationship building as as well so um jake any kind of final um uh, words to kind of leave our audience with as as well i know that you have a couple of trainings and other courses and stuff that might be valuable as well can you share a little bit of that also yeah sure um so the probably the easiest place for anybody who who would like a little bit more information on this or a bit more support and training and such uh, i've got a free training on my website uh, which is really how to build your authority on Instagram and actually convert or build an audience on Instagram that converts. Um, so irrespective of the niche, irrespective of the business area, even if you don't have any experience with Instagram, you've never used the platform before, all the way up to people who are using it on a regular basis, but they're just looking for different strategies, different techniques, that maybe that one little golden nugget that they didn't know previously. So you can find that on uh, on my website. It's jakeadamdavy.com forward slash Instagalactic. And uh, I'm, I'm sure no doubt, Angus, you can, you'll pop the, the link in the chat. <laughs> I'll make well, sure but... there's some links for that yeah. one as well. So I love <laughs> Thank it. you. But yeah, please, please um, certainly go and take a look at that. As I said, there's a free training um, that you're more than welcome to, to go and take a look at. Uh, and of course, just find me on Instagram as well, at jakeadamdavy. Um, send me a message, uh, you know, give, give me a follow, send me a message, let me know what you're doing. If you're, again, brand new to the platform, uh, just getting started, or again, if you've been using it for a long time, you're looking for some new ideas, fresh ideas, 
uh, or there's some specific question, I'd love to help. Uh, as I say, it's, it's all about networking with people, engaging with people, um, and, and the more that I can support people, grow their business and, and, and help others, then, then the better. Yeah, beautiful. Jake, on behalf of the Marketing Your Practice podcast, thanks for being so incredibly generous today. I, I'm also super bullish on Instagram. I think it has all the lovely things that Facebook used to have before it did have that tendency to get a little bit feral as, as well. I think it's a, such a lovely visual medium which works so perfectly for us as kind of natural health practitioners as well. So gang, I'll have all the links for where you can go and follow Adam, Adam, uh, Jake, now there's Adam in there too, where you can follow Jake and have a look at his content um, as, as well. And I'll make sure I pop in that link also, Jake, for the hashtags that you mentioned um, as, as well, because that sounds like a really great tool as, as well. So buddy, from all the way down here in Australia, thanks so much for being so incredibly generous. And I look forward to uh, reaching out and chatting with you again soon. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, that was the interview with Angus. I do trust that that was useful. Hope that was okay uh, and that you've taken quite a lot from that. As I say, a little bit different in that it was me being interviewed on this occasion rather than than me interviewing somebody else, but I do always find that there's a lot of value in that because you you kind of... it's, It's the type of questions that a lot of people... Um, maybe ask or afraid to ask, but really need to be asked. And at the same time, it may be one or two things that I overlook or almost at times even take for granted. And it really, really helps me focus on the type of questions that a lot of people have. So do let me know, do get in touch if this has been useful. Do let me know if this particular format of, of me being interviewed rather than me interviewing other people has been useful as well. Um, and I very much look forward to hearing your feedback as well. Thank you so much for joining joining us, and I look forward to seeing you in the upcoming episode of the Influence Podcast. Hi friends, Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes, or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavy. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission, do something extraordinary for others, keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.